<laughs> Welcome to Sam Maggie <laughs> Also, bless you. Thank you. Fuck the sneeze demons. Um. Hey, Sam, guess what? What? Wait, am I supposed to guess? I, I thought have... I was going to sneeze again. Oh, okay. <laughs> oh, no, it's gone. <laughs> no, I said it, so it left. Um. I got my flu shot today. Did you get, have you gotten your flu shot yet? Uh, I listened to the Sawbones episode yes. about how you should get a flu shot. That's why I got mine. I, I found out, I, I I was like, I need to get one. Went to work, found out they were doing flu shots at work, but I left before they started. So I'm going to get one tomorrow. I'm going to go to okay. Walgreens or something. The problem, and I mean, I get to edit this, so I'm probably going to cut some of this shit, but uh, I need to make sure my insurance stuff or like, or I'm just, gonna, I'll probably just pay yeah. for it. Like, it's like, what, 35 bucks? That's um, fine. I didn't pay any money. Like, yeah, you also have the insurance card. I don't know where mine went. So <laughs> see, I didn't, even, I didn't even have to show it. I just oh, told wow. Walgreens my name and birth date and they were like, great, here's your shot. No money, please. And I was like, <laughs> wow. Okay, great. Okay. Uh, I didn't ask many questions because I was just like, whatever you say, fucko. <laughs> please, also, please inject me with the flu serum. Thank you. <laughs> also, I voted. Good job. Ago, so I am doing the real, like, it's like herd immunity, but f- metaphorical yeah. with the voting. Um, yeah, I voted last week, so I'm right there with you. I'm I'm like one of the, like, it's, uh, the th- thing is now it's just like everyone's be like, you got to vote. And I'm like, I did. So yeah, it's like this, whole, it's everywhere. Right. Which is yes. definitely a good thing. But like every, like every fucking social media site scrolling through Instagram with Instagram yep. being like, have you voted? And it's like, Hey, Instagram, you know where I've been. Okay. <laughs> you, tra- <laughs> you track my location. You saw where I went. You saw that I went to the voting center. Do I need to like post a picture of my i voted sticker uh, i think you'd still you still get them also i love uh i've gotten like three emails today alone that are like make sure you vote and i'm like why did i sign up to all these services (laughs) but i know i think it's uh because we're young voters right so i've been getting a bunch of mail that our parents don't get uh, about like, don't forget to vote. Here's the location <laughs> of all the voting centers. Like sure. all this shit. Yep. Uh, but uh, yeah, so we're just going to join the cavalcade of voices. Don't forget to vote everyone. Yeah. Make also, sure you get vote. Your, get your flu shot. If you think you have an excuse, go listen to the most recent Sawbones episode where they refute 27 excuses to not get a flu shot. And when this airs, uh, when this comes out, it won't be the most recent. It'll be like two but back. So listen to that one anyway. It's yeah. good. Uh, yes. Yeah, but today we are going to be talking about not he- herd immunity, but a, an episode uh, of herd. <laughs> a herd. Something. Passing by. A yes. <laughs> migrating. Migrating herds. Uh, yes. Uh, it's an episode of Glee called Goodbye. And it's yes. the final episode of season three. We did it, everyone. Here we are. We've made it to the end. I am on death's door, as it sounds, with all the sneezes and things. But oh. we, we got there before I really died. So that's yeah. good. Well, I'm feeling better. So, I mean, but uh, yeah, it, we're literally halfway through now, Maggie. We finished season three. Um, we have three more seasons after this. But I I'm, think the, the sixth season is like a weird, truncated half, half boy. Okay. I like hope a, so. Like a Breaking Bad kind of situation. 
Uh, I mean, is if that it's what any- happened in is that what happened in Breaking Bad? <laughs> I think they broke up the last season into two parts. But man, if know. Glee were anywhere near as good as Breaking Bad, <laughs> well, uh, it, I guess we could compare the two. You know, Will as a as you know a, a comparison to Walt, sort right? Of a, yes, a, you know, a, a collapsing antihero. Right. The problem is, at least Walt is, I don't know, entertaining. <laughs> I don't know if Walt's human, actually. Have you watched no. Breaking Bad? Cause, like, I have not. I haven't watched it. Um, <laughs> yeah, he's pretty bad. But so anyway, yeah, this is yeah. episode 22, like we're talking about. Goodbye. Um, it originally aired on May 22nd, 2012, with 7.46 million viewers, which is up from last week, which only had 6.03 million. So people apparently didn't care much for their Nationals win, but really did want to see this last episode of the season. Yeah. 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 Um, which is not surprising. I think a lot of people was were like, Yeah, I mean, I gotta watch this one. <laughs> yeah. Because they figured yeah. it was nationals, probably. They figured that it was gonna have the big well, numbers and things. Actually, I mean, I'd be willing to wager, because we'll talk about it, I'm sure, but this episode feels like a finality of sorts. Like this episode is um, a big circle jerk. <laughs> yes, yes. It, it's definitely a victory lap. But honestly, it feels like this is like they, they, their backup plan might have been just in case. Let's we just don't, end it. Let's, yeah, let's, <laughs> we can just cut it right here. Um, we don't really have any loose threads or anything like that. It's all just over now. Um, yeah. Uh, Brad Falchuk wrote and directed this one. Okay. There's, there, I mean, there you go. The, should, uh, I, should I make a joke about Gwyneth Paltrow? Is that where I do that <laughs> here right now? Cute, cute joke. Um, no, uh, the is so. Does Brad Falchuk normally have this like cutting between scenes, like as every transition <laughs> as his um, style? Because I noticed really it in question. this episode for real. Definitely like leading lines to yes. the next scene directly. Yeah. Um, to the point where it's just like. No, like why? That yeah. God, why would you do that? Well, it it definitely feels like it's we watch he... yeah one whole episode. It's just one long scene, like <laughs> which is, I guess, different. Um, yeah. Really, the the different pacing of this episode is because we don't really jump between plot lines. We kind right. of like do a section about a character and then go to another one. Yeah. Like. For instance, we're going to start in, like, Kurt's section and then go to Santana's section and then to Finn's section. That sort of, that's yep. what we're doing. Yeah. But uh, before we get there, we start with a, a small reprise uh, yes. of one of <laughs> one of the first songs that we heard on Glee, Sit Down, You're Rocking the Boat. Yes. Yeah. One yes. of the fun things about this, um, first of all, no recap also, so thank God. Um, but... Bless you. Um, Thanks. Fuck the Sneeze Demons. Um, but uh, mm-hmm. the fun thing about this is every time that you scroll to Glee on Netflix, it plays this song from the pilot of them like and them like dancing around That's Artie's cute. wheelchair. <laughs> so That's cute, though. Yes. I, I miss the sort of like real authenticity that we had. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's true because like it's it's striking. Because they do How show us in it sounds. yeah they they show us in this scene um, because we see a little bit of them in real time with you know the original five members all doing the this, song. 
but Will sees them in the past too because he's this like whatever. pseudo clip show bullshit. I know, like, it they is. Do it, they do it twice in this episode, but yep. they 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 like dip their toe into the clip show water. And then they're like, oh no, we're better than that. We can do that. <laughs> like, hey, then why did you do it at all? You yes. dicks. Uh, yep. Yeah. The little clips um, definitely show such a big dichotomy in the song. Like I, I in the way that it sounds, especially Artie sounds yes. a lot better. Yes. Um, I wonder, you know, back in like, I, what do I want to say? When when the show was first coming out, when we were watching this, um, mm-hmm. uh, it, it, I remember everyone complaining about how auto-tuned all the songs were. Yeah. And I think we definitely share some of those complaints about specific numbers. But for the most part, I haven't had that. I haven't had as many auto-tuned complaints as I thought I would. Yeah, no, Which, that's a good point. I Do you think... Do you yeah. think it's because we're poisoned now? Like, do we just hear so much <laughs> auto-tune that we can't distinguish it anymore? I think, honestly, I think part of it is that I don't think auto-tune is a bad thing. I think people no. paint it as a bad thing. And I think in some cases it is a bad thing. But in general... Yeah, when like, it sounds like robots. Yeah, but in general, it's supposed to be a tool that helps make music sound better. And, like... Yes. In Like, I think... You, you might be on to something with, like, the quote, poisoning, but I, I'm sure we hear a lot of autotune in our lives now. Like I, I guess I don't mean poisoning. I guess I mean, um, like, accustomed. Yeah. Uh, our threshold for hearing it inoculated. is... Inoculated. Yeah. Yeah, no, I think, I think you're right. I think also, it's just, in general, I don't think it's that bad. It's just there are some of no. the singers on the show who are obviously not singers. Like, who, they, Yeah, who, whose voices are a tad weaker perhaps described as a trembling alto <laughs> hint hint um <laughs> and need a little bit of help yeah. that's all yeah but i mean i don't know it's uh, the the thing that i feel about this that's weird is like the outfits that they picked for the pilot are oh, yeah, are, are so, so weird <laughs> yeah like they are like i mean to be fair i feel like kurt's kurt was always kind of like on the edge of fashion, but like Mercedes's yeah, outfit is very different from what Mercedes wears nowadays because it's like a basketball jersey. Yeah, it's racist. Mercedes outfit is racist. Yes, it yes. is racist. <laughs> like for um, sure. Yeah, uh, and um, I mean, Artie dresses the same. Yeah, <laughs> that's true. But yeah, uh, I but don't know. Tina looks different. <laughs> Yeah, but to be fair, last a couple weeks ago, we, we did get the little rundown of how Tina's aesthetic has changed over the past three years. Slightly so. altered. Um, yeah. Well, anyway, this is cute. The clip show bits are a little annoying. Yes. Uh, which I've already said. Uh, but this like reprise by the Ridge 5 is cute. They're doing it for the rest of the New Directions, and Santana's like, wow, that was busted. Yes. <laughs> yes. Uh, uh, and uh, then they're just like, but we won nationals. Let's all bask in how we won. And yes. then Will comes in and he's like, no, we all need to be sad. <laughs> yes. So he has, he has one final lesson for the year. He's written goodbye on the board. Um, and he has decided that, like you're saying, rather than being happy about, you know, endings meaning new beginnings, we have to dwell on the fact that everything should be sad and all of the numbers everyone's just gonna look sad the whole time and to kick it <laughs> off will picks up his guitar 
And Quinn says, I really hope you're about to rap. To which I say, I don't. I didn't need that. <laughs> I honestly kind of wish he did. It's been so long since Will <laughs> rapped. And like, I hate it so much that I kind of revel in hating it. Like, <laughs> Sure. You know, it's a good feeling to hate something so bad that you can just kind of like sit in that hatred of it. That's what is this whole podcast is right Uh, right but the the song he does sing is acoustic and excruciating like (laughs) sort of i don't know jack assery yeah yeah. he sings forever young which honestly i i mean it's i Mm -hmm. just to like to foreshadow (laughs) here this song is a boring snooze fest Yes. (laughs) Yes. <laughs> it's just, it, really, it's just an excuse for them to have, like, sad acoustic guitar music while all of the characters <laughs> do their hardest, like, try their hardest to look sad. Like, yeah, it's true. It's just <laughs> so, so many boring. panning shots of sad people. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, I don't have a lot to say about so- it. Yeah. <laughs> the song's over, and we get to the the title card. Yep. It, it wasn't artistically included as it has been in the past instead it just flashes to the black screen with glee written in white and you want to know why it's not artistically incorporated because alfonso gomez Rayhan did not do this episode straight yes. up yeah uh, that makes sense. so the next section of the show is kurtz yes. we start with a monologue uh, about his growth, about how he was closeted when he came to McKinley and now he's flourished and on the edge of fashion and he's made it possible for gay kids all over Ohio to express themselves for real. Well, and also he talks about how he's so socially conscious now and it's just like, mm-hmm. yeah. Um, also, yeah, uh, do you tip the waiters that you snap at? <laughs> you know what's bitch? fun about the start of this scene is... So most, like, we're, we're going to have this happen a lot this episode, but all of these monologues happen as people are walking down hallways. But yes. at the beginning of the scene, Kurt is not walking. He is floating down the hallway. Oh, like he is? Because Quinn does the same thing yes. later. Yes, she does. They both, everyone else walks the whole time. <laughs> but for some reason, our, like, starting shot of both Kurt and Quinn when they do this is like them static while everything else moves around them. And it's like, that's not <laughs> how are... people walk. Like, <laughs> But they it's not that they're static. They're just like their bodies are still, but yes. they are moving forward. <laughs> yes. It definitely feels like they're floating. And I was just like, why? Why do you choose this? I trying to figure out this? how they did this. Like, did they yeah. have... Were they standing on, like, something with wheels? <laughs> they're, like, pulling it for <laughs> Stupid. So maybe they're on a skateboard. Maybe. Or, like, some sort of dolly that yes. the cameraman has attached to their belt with a rope. And oh, my God. And they're going backwards. Uh, my, the only other explanation yeah. is that they have a really good roll step. And that's for all you marching yeah. band kids out there because... <laughs> No one uh, else has ever needed to know that. So a beautifully floating roll step. Um, yeah, his growth. I don't know if like, like, I think Kurt has become more sure of himself. Mm-hmm. But this idea that he's like promoted equality is like I don't know. I don't think you can just fix 
the problems by being a visible gay person. Oh, Maggie, no, he's homophobia is eradicated. It's, it's done. I mean, we do see those two like very, <laughs> very stylishly dressed people yes. walk by, which are implied to be young gays. Yeah. Um, I guess the main thing, like. This is also kind of the theme of this episode is that everyone is like, look at how Self- successful I am. <laughs> yeah, Everything I did. Congratulatory. <laughs> it's just like, I guess, like, I'm glad you're happy that you're out of the closet, even though all of us knew you were gay the whole time because you had the kind of times you pretended to be straight. Like, yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, it's fine. Yeah. I'm not here to poo poo on him. I'll poo poo on it's some fine. other people, but it's fine. Um, uh, yeah. So then we go to the auditorium. Where we have like an oddly, like an odd setting for a Bert and Kurt conversation. Yes. At first, it's like, why the fuck is Bert here? But it does like, the scene concludes with a good reason. Yes. I think. Yes. Uh, they have a conversation about how they're proud of each other and how they're proud of themselves and how, like, Bert always had trouble like relating to Kurt and his needs and his yeah. wants and what he likes and how. Raising Kurt was sort of like living with an alien, which <laughs> that's okay. Like I we, can, I can really relate to that. I think, like, yeah, it does have sort of like a, a like an alien separation from a, a reality. Lot of humanity. Yeah. yeah, I think I, maybe it's his like Korean skin routine <laughs> or something. Well, the the thing about it for me is that like in the past we've had really good Bert and Kurt conversations this one isn't as good because bird is like i lost you at a certain point like you were a normal kid and then you became this and it's like you became this (laughs) this monstrosity before me like it just doesn't feel as good as some of the other combos we've had so also like bert does so much of the heavy lifting yes like there's not really a lot of connecting they're it's just bert kind of doing a speech yeah um but it it ends up all right because the reason they're in the auditorium uh bert reveals as he stands he's like i've i've gotten you something for graduation here's your gift and tina and Britt come out um Mm -hmm. of the wings they're wearing the uh like i guess the unitard it's a leotard because they don't have legs right uh the unitard and skirt combo that they wore as kurt's backup single ladies dancers in Mm -hmm. probably like episode three three yep of season one yep yep if you recall this is when bert Bert found them and Kurt was like, oh, I'm dating Brittany. I'm butch. Yes. Because, yeah, because he's like, oh, I'm going to join the football team or whatever. But Mm -hmm. this is, Kurt says, or sorry, Bert says that this is the time when they really found out that this is, that Kurt was gay, I guess, really. Um, This is when they started walking towards each other. Yes. That is the... (laughs) phrase that they yes. use uh and bert then dances towards kurt uh emotionally that is through uh <laughs> through a, a a recreation of the single ladies dance another reprise you could say yes uh, especially because we get but, the same clip show-esque like uh, shots of like a black and white kurt doing the single ladies dance from well, season the, or from episode three from season one that, so if you recall in episode three it the was in black and white is in black and white yes yeah. because they're re- trying to recreate the beyonce music video right but yeah it is stupid 
again. I gotta say because this this is the last time that they do this clip show toying bullshit. Right. Well, I did. Okay, I made a note here. Mike O'Malley has a real fun time. Yeah, and he's it's not very good. It's very fun to watch. <laughs> yeah, he is obviously very excited. He's smiling a lot, and he does do like a hat. Like he attempts to lip sync. Oh my god! Yeah, and like I love it because. We have Tina and Brittany there to show us what the actual dance yes. looks like. <laughs> and like yeah, and they're, they're doing a great job. <laughs> in comparison, he's so bad. But like some of it is so good. He's like waving his hands in front of his face and it just looks I, so good. <laughs> my biggest complaint about the dance number is that it's filmed so from so many camera angles that are moving <laughs> the entire time that we can't see most of it because like it's always the shot is changing and yes. then it's changing again and then it's changing again and then it's a clip and then it's the sh- a different shot and then it's another clip and it's like what the fuck I want to see Michael Valley do bad at this dance please <laughs> well Maggie you you, um, you have to understand the reason they do that is because it's it's probably the same setup they had for, you know, actual... Yeah, exactly. For the actual <laughs> New Directions performances. They're trying to hide the fact that people are bad at dancing. So, oops. Um. Uh, yeah, uh, but this is... It's a nice gesture. Yes. So the next part of Kurt's story is with Blaine, mm-hmm. of course. Uh, the two imp- most important people in Kurt's life are... Uh, His dad and Blaine, Bert sure. and Blaine. Uh, and then probably Rachel after that. But no, that's sad. <laughs> uh, so they have a talk in an empty classroom, as people are wont to do here. At least it's not at some lockers, and uh, they're talking about like if they're gonna break up, but not really. Yeah, like, it's it, it's it's implied that the conversation started with Kurt talking about what Bert just did. Yep, and Blaine's like, oh, but. You don't like the monogram towels I got you of for graduation? Of <laughs> fucking course. What else could it be? Um, yeah. But then, yeah, Blaine kind of pushes this conversation um, by saying, like, by going, you know, we have to have the talk. And Kurt's I like, mean, I don't want to. already have it? Is See, my question. Like, yes. in that scene with Emma, like, episodes and episodes ago, where they confess their love to each other and being like, I'm never going to say goodbye to you. I love you. Like, oh, yes. shit. Like, yes. No, they they have already had the talk, but I guess Blaine wants to have it again. Um, beca- they have to have it again because they have a lot more viewers this episode and people don't know what's going on. Yeah. And... Um, What's fun about the thing that I think is fun about this is Kurt is like, well, Blaine says we both saw the notebook. We know that mm-hmm. long distance relationships don't work. Which is I'm like, is there a long distance relationship in the notebook? Is is that the whole point of the notebook? I have no, I can't I, remember. I'm pretty sure it isn't. Like, <laughs> <laughs> like the notebook they have that summer. They have the summer fling. Rachel McAdams and Ryan Gosling, right? Like almost have sex in that empty house and then Rachel McAdams gets get... very old and then she dies alone. <laughs> no. They get torn <laughs> apart, right? Sure. Well, yeah, I I, I think like the like the, her Rachel McAdams' mom finds her and it's like, "How dare you with this country boy? How could you?" And then <laughs> <laughs> and then right and then Ryan Gosling leaves and sends her a bunch of letters. Yeah. Um but 
her letter the letters get intercepted and she never gets to read them so i guess it is sort of a long distance relationship but not really because like (laughs) (laughs) the letters never got to her yeah i yeah Yeah. also it's it's not you are right though rachel mcadams does die alone (laughs) yes um but so anyway kurt's like no we're gonna stay together we're gonna do it like blah 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 we've heard it all before and then blaine is like how are you gonna say goodbye to the glee club which sloops (laughs) us into a transition of (laughs) kurt (laughs) doing that um and Oh my god. This is like the first of like all of the worst things that Glee has yeah. done. Kurt yeah. praises the men of Glee Club yeah. for quote like, always accept uh, always accepting him. Like Yeah, what the fuck? <laughs> what are you talking about? Puck threw you into dumpsters. Like what are you saying? Uh yeah. <laughs> Finn has been intensely homophobic for the majority of your relationship. Like, yes. what are you talking about? Yeah. Um, he, he's like, yeah, this is all for all the men in the room. I'm going to sing some Madonna for you. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, yeah. I don't know. These like rose tinted memory. Yeah. Nostalgia, no, it's, it's bad. <laughs> because the other thing too, we've watched this entire fucking we show. Have. Kurt is always grouped with the girls and like we haven't like they've done a little bit I guess of like all of them are friends now but Mm -hmm. literally every time we've had like the men of Glee Club in quotes like as a group Kurt's not there like yeah like that part where Puck gave them all shot glasses yes and and called them all his dad guitar picks (laughs) yeah yeah Kurt is not doesn't count as one of Puck's dads no yeah it's what's going on there yeah, it's stupid. Uh, it's dumb. It, like, why did he even have to say that? Like, that's that's the main thing about a lot of the like a lot of this episode. <laughs> why did you even have to say that? It was a lie. You didn't even have to say it, and that would have been fine. Like, <laughs> it was a lie that like really has no pertinence to the story, other than making it worse. Like, what are you saying? <laughs> yeah, you're just like, I... let's praise the men some more, because like <laughs> it's a roundabout way of praising Finn a yes. little bit. Well, because they because they really just want to give Finn. The most oh my this God. episode, so yeah. they have to they have to start it off really soft with Kurt. Yes, Ugh, it's dumb. He sings a Madonna song. It's called "I'll Remember," and again, it's boring <laughs> yeah, and it's, excruciating. It's fine, I guess. It's just like again, it's really just an excuse for them to have some like sad synth music yeah. while everyone looks <laughs> sad and all of the girls in Glee Club like sing along to like. I don't know, yeah. they're men, I guess. I have no idea. It's stupid. <laughs> um, lots of tearful shots yeah. of New Directions, basically. We get a lot of longing shots between Kurt and Blaine this episode, too, where they just sort of, like, look at each other and yeah. look sad. Well, that's... Okay. Yeah, because... Yeah, we'll, we'll get to it. But um, then we get a little hint of the actual, like, only real plot that happens this episode. <laughs> um, yeah. Because Finchel and Kurt are apparently all best friends forever. Um, they're all at the lockers, and Rachel demands... Well, we, oh, yeah. We know that Rachel and Kurt are best friends forever because Kurt is her best gay. Right. Well, and <laughs> Kurt, Don't forget. Kurt and Finn are best friends forever because they're stepbrothers. And they're brothers. Finn and Rachel yeah. are best friends forever because... because they're Question mark? Married? 
No, <laughs> they're gonna be they're engaged. I guess. Um. So, but they they all make a pinky swear that they're all going to open their letters from college together in the choir in room. In the choir room. Yes. Yeah. Uh, they're gonna because. Rachel has called the schools, knows that the letters got sent out, so they know they're on their way. Yeah. This three-way pinky swear is sort of cute, though. I I, I like just, that. I'm just, okay. I don't give two mm-hmm. shits about, about Finn. About Finn, yeah. <laughs> so, like... <laughs> this yeah. episode wants you to care about Finn so much, though. Like, yes. it really tries to make you care about Finn by, like, telling you that all the other characters care about Finn. And I'm like, do they? Do they, though? Because they have no reason to. Um, but, yeah. So, the next scene, we're going to close out um, some of the more interesting characters' plot lines with little fanfare. Yes, yes. Uh, we're seeing this through the eyes of Santana, sort of. She's mm-hmm. our framing device. Uh, she has a conversation first with Mercedes, who is celebrating with Sam in the hallway. He's gotten her, like, balloons or some shit. Yep. And she's like, oh, what's going on? And, Merce- and Sam's like, oh, well, Mercedes has a recording contract. And she can't talk for herself because I suck. <laughs> Uh, no kidding. And then, and then Mercedes is like, oh, yeah, rec- a producer saw my Disco Inferno video that Sam posted without my permission. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, and But apparently, so yeah, so she got, so she's going to be like a backup singer on some tracks or whatever. It's out in L.A. Um, she thanks Sam and like pinches his face a bit, which, yeah, again, not a big fan of, but Glee I'm wants it to you, happen, I, I guess. The only way that I'm like into this future plotline with these these two of them if is if they go along with the like sort of fan fiction that I proposed um a couple episodes ago where they move to LA and become like YouTube stars. Yeah. I'm down with that. I'm interested in seeing that. But not so interested in just seeing like Sam get away with this garbage. <laughs> right. Well like it's like, oh it's all right that he didn't ask for permission because she's famous now. <laughs> well, Maggie, I have some bad news. God. Sam is definitely classed with the non seniors in this episode, yes. which means that he because- is sticking around. No, I know he's not a senior for sure. We've known he's not a senior for a long time. But he's had sex, Maggie, and he was a stripper. So what? I don't know. It's like <laughs> So what? He's he's like a 27-year-old man playing a high schooler. Like whatever. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. It's but anyway, we don't have to worry about it. He's I, not going oh, to LA. I This is a great time to bring something up. So I've been watching Gossip Girl. Mm-hmm. I don't want to really get into Gossip Girl right now, but Devin has this theory about how um like Gossip Girl and a lot of other TV shows about high schoolers make so much more sense if you envision them as like high like college students or older um, role playing as high schoolers. No, it, they do <laughs> because the people who write these shows were most recently in college and they think that that's how school is. Well, no, I think it's uh, I don't I'm not sure that's what it is. I think it's just more um, like it's a lot more glamorous to also that yeah. It, rose tinted memories about high school for because and all these high school tropes are built on each other like mckinley's not a uh, is so uh, like tropey and not real life at all yes right? <laughs> yes but, so just envision that you know sam is a, a douchey year old man douchey who, frat boy <laughs> yeah yeah who's just role-playing as a high schooler i mean i already did that though because that's what he yeah, is in did. real life. Um, it's true. Um, oh, God, you're right. 
Yeah. Right, though. <laughs> anyway, um, we also So she got a recording out. contract. Yeah. Very, very happy for Mercedes. Very upset that this is how it's come to light. Like, <laughs> yes. why didn't Mercedes get a whole section of this episode? <laughs> Especially considering <laughs> some of the people had... that do get a whole section of this episode. Like... Because they had to cover all the white people. Yeah. Of course. Well... They had to give the white people screen time. Um, And yeah. don't forget, we do have one more person of color who's going to get a little section of screen time right here before we get back to... Yeah. Um, you know, the the white people. Well, Maggie, you're even forgetting, though, right after this Mercedes bit, we do also oh, get yes. the other non-white senior who also gets no screen time this episode, yes. Mike. Because Mike. Sam leads us into this, like, extra bit by being like, oh, did you hear about Mike? And Santana's like, what? And then it just cuts to Mike telling us, Santana that uh, he has gotten to a scholarship to the Joffrey or something like that. It's like Jeffrey School, the jo- the Joffrey School of Little Kings. No. <laughs> the Joffrey School uh, of being a dickweed. Yeah, um, uh, it's a it's a dance school in Chicago. Yeah, and he's got a full scholarship and he's gonna go there. Yep, which is dope as hell. Um, and I I realized that you might have been a little confused. I was talking about Mike, and then I realized that Santana. the Santana section is right after this. Yes. This is like the the people of color yes. like, section the of little, the episode. The little blurb that they have to include in the middle for diversity's sake. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But, you know, tokenism is just racism, folks. <laughs> hey, Brad Falchuk. Hey, Brad Falchuk, listen. Mr. Falchuk, tokenism is just racism. Okay? All right. Let's keep going. Yes. So Santana has her monologue now. Um and she yeah. is worried about um, because the Mike and Tina section ends with a little bit with Tina being like, aren't you excited to take off that old gross Cheerios uniform and put on a Kentucky uniform? And then we get so in her monologue, Santa's like, I don't I mean, I don't want to do I that. I don't want to go to Kentucky. Gross. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. No kidding. Uh, which. Yeah. Big mood there, pal. Yeah. Um, it, it, she's just feeling really unsure about what she wants to do. And she's like, oh, everyone's going to L.A. Everyone's going to New York. Where am I going? Like, I'm just going to Kentucky. Boo. <laughs> and so, and then, yeah, she's like, I should ask my mom s- about it. And then it slide wipes oh. into breadsticks. Oh, I hated that so much. <laughs> These, like, stupid transitions. Like, why did, she, why did she need to be like, you know what? Let's talk about my mom. <laughs> Stupid. Like you know, it would have been great if it was like, uh, let's talk about my mom, and then it was like thought bubbles, like, <laughs> like a little, a little like pop, 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 yep. and then we're at the breadsticks. <laughs> yeah, yes. Yeah. Uh, so we're at a breadsticks dinner with Britanna and Gloria Esteban, who is yeah. Santana's mom. Yes. Uh, oh previously unintroduced. Yes, Here she is. Well, yes, uh, yes. She's also not named in the episode, but her name is Maribel. Oh, so, okay, cool. Uh, we can either call her Santana's mom or Gloria Estevan or Maribel, I guess. Yeah, um, I mostly put down Santana's mom, but I did too. Yeah, so we we immediately start with. Um, you know how we complained a lot about how the show didn't actually mm-hmm. show us Santana coming out? Well, they decided to try to make up for it by just having <laughs> Santana's mom tell us about that situation. Yes. Uh, where she's like, oh, you know, when Santana was like, mommy, poppy, I'm gay. I was like, of course, I should have known. You dressed as Uncle Jesse for Halloween when you were eight. <laughs> Which, 
<laughs> yeah, like hell yeah, of course. Um, Maggie, that's Uncle Jesse's like a lesbian icon. <laughs> well, honestly, I was gonna say every queer person is dressed as Uncle Jesse for Halloween at some point. It's but, true. Yeah. Well, I mean, he's just such like a cool, sexy bad boy. Like, well, <laughs> he, of course, man. What a hot dentist, though, you know? <laughs> yes, it's true. <laughs> but yeah, so um, Brittany kind of helps push this along a little bit, too, or she's like, but you didn't care at all. And Santana's mom is like, no, I just want her to be happy and love her because, you know, that's my job as her mom. And she's no, like, oh. as my one cameo, I'm here to say that I support her fully. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Um, <clears throat> so then Santana announces to the table that... She doesn't want to go to college. She wants to go to New York to yes. be famous, I guess. To to do the to do the fame thing that she wanted to do before. And uh Gloria Estefan is like, Well, you should go to college. Like I want you to go to college and you have this scholarship at Louisville. And um then Santana's like, Well, I'm graduating and I just don't know what I want to do yet. And then Brittany says, Well, I'm not graduating. Yes. Um, Brittany informs <laughs> Big us. shocker, everyone. <laughs> yeah, I know, really, though, because like she also informs us that she has a 0.0 GPA, which Yeah. Man, you have to work for that. Like yeah. you get like a 1.0 for just showing up, but apparently Brittany hasn't been doing that either. So because that's what she says when she wants she, when she redoes her senior year, she'll actually go to class. How did she manage um, to become a senior? Is my question. I like, don't know. <laughs> um, alien tricks. <laughs> yeah. Um. Uh, yeah. She's just like, oh, I'll just you know re- do it again. I'm I'm really not worried about it. <laughs> Which yeah, like. Santana kind of looks shocked, um, and so does her yeah. mom. But like, because Santana's like, "Oh, why? Why couldn't you? Why didn't you tell me?" And then the scene closes with Santana being like, "Well, if Brittany's gonna be here still in Lima, maybe I should just stay here." Yeah, which her, which I think is an important thing to note, um, for later in the episode. Yeah. Also, I, I think her mom doesn't look story. exactly excited about that. Pleased yeah. about that. No. <laughs> um, but yeah. So let's let's move to uh, the next scene. So we're in the yeah. choir room. Finn yell introduces the senior song, which is <laughs> "You Get What You Give." Um, which also is yeah. mostly just Finn yelling. It it is because um, he's like, "This is your Glee Club now. I'm gonna yell. Yeah, and point." <laughs> uh, yeah. Finn leads the song, um, and the seniors all sing. There's a part where like they pull all of the uh, the, the people staying at, at McKinley down to the floor, and then bundle them all up, and then run around them a couple times. Which okay, uh, like. Yeah. Before that, like, there's some nice, like, all the seniors get a little moment where they, like, get to, like, stand in front of everyone and they, like, specifically, like, target, like, they look at some people who matter to them. They they target, (laughs) they target their mates. But, but this circle thing is wild and, like, doesn't make sense and is... It was nearly nauseating, like... (laughs) Yes, because we see, like, we... I think I feel like the camera mostly is like from the inside a little bit, like showing them running around us, and yeah, and like it doesn't look good. Like it's not good choreography, <laughs> and it's not like I don't know. It's just bad. Get them, Sam. Bad. Get them. <laughs> like yes, yeah. It's just it also is stupid because the song isn't good. Yes. Like 
No. <laughs> I mean, at least it's upbeat. Like, at least it's not I just guess. another droning ballad about how sad everyone is. This one is sort of like a victorious, like, yeah, go get him. Uh, I, even though it yeah. does end with everyone crying at the end still. Which, and like, it's still, it feels kind of dad rocky, although it's more like 80s, like, Listen, power the ballad. dad rock aesthetic is Finn's aesthetic. Like, yeah. let him have it. No, I don't like it, though, because. <laughs> you this, don't have to, but like. This whole episode this is, is about Finn. I'm, it is. I'm done with it. Like, I don't care. The show, the. I think the show's supposed to be about Finn. I don't know. <laughs> oh, well, then I, then we seriously messed up when we started this because, man, he sucks. Um, he does yeah. suck, but no, that's why we hate it. Yes. Did you remember the name of the podcast? Oh, right. Okay. We hate Glee. We hate um, Glee. Yeah, we do. Uh, there's there's lots of hugs. Yeah. Everyone hugs Will a lot. Will um, touches a lot of kids in this episode, and I'm touches a lot of kids. Not okay. There with is it. a part where Santana like sort of musses his hair, and then it, but it doesn't move. <laughs> like it stays the same. Oh yeah. <laughs> I thought that was funny. Um, uh, and there's another shot of sad claim. Yes, of course. Where they just sort of look at each other like. Oh no! Oh no! <laughs> uh, oh no! We will be parted, and we will be so sad. Yes. Uh, which, like, yeah, of, it's sad, but it, it, have them have like meaningful interaction in this episode instead of just like these longing shots of the two of them just looking sad at each other. Like, have <laughs> them have an actual conversation. God damn it! No. Whatever. Unacceptable, Fine. Maggie. Um. Brad Falchuk doesn't care enough. No. Then we move to an argument about chairs because what is more glee than that? Um, Finchel is arguing about the chairs for their wedding, but it's at McKinley. Yeah. Yeah. That's weird. Uh, Right. (laughs) Yeah. Um, Rachel also, this turns into, and like, here's the, here's the part about this episode that I actually will give some credit to when it comes to Finn is that Finn gets very real this episode about how Rachel is settling for him and he's not yeah. comfortable with it, which well, finally... Well, this, this has been such a thread, though, right? right? It's been like, like, Finn is like, I'm garbage. Rachel's the only good thing in my life. And he's still along that train of thought, but he's more like, why is she with me? <laughs> I'm garbage. Yeah, but um, I the, yeah. I don't like it earlier because he's like, she's the only good thing in my life and he like clings to her like some sort of gross mm-hmm. barnacle. Like, a, like but, a barnacle on a boat. <laughs> but in this situation, he's finally being like, maybe I should, like, maybe she should be free. Like, <laughs> yeah. I, and Rachel is like, since when has this narrative s- switched and I'm settling for you? And it's like, since forever, since idiot. The beginning like, what of are you time. saying? Jesus. Um, yeah. It's, it, Rachel doesn't know her own worth. No. She's, and she's falling into this, except she does at the same time because she sang a love song to herself two episodes ago. <laughs> right. Like, yes. Well, that's, that's the thing. God. She, she, she just is una- unable to recognize that she needs to let go of this heteronormative crap. Yeah. Um, the, the hetero blind spot. Yeah. <laughs> that's anyway. That's name now. Yeah. Well, let's talk about the hetero, hetero blind spot because he gets a monologue next. Um, yes. He talks about how successful he is as he walks down the hallway. See, this is the thing. 
you're like he, you're right that he there's doesn't a, float no he doesn't that you're right that there's been a through line where he's like i'm garbage and like rachel is the only good thing in my life but this scene tells us that he no longer thinks he's garbage. He thinks no. he's hot shit. Hot shit. Hot <laughs> shit. The hottest shit. Um, yes. Like a porta potty at on game day. Oh, uh, gross. He's the hottest shit. Um, yeah, he's like recounting all of his like, high school yeah. achievements, and which happens a couple times this episode. Yes. Like we said, it's very self congratulatory, uh, and. But at the same time, he's like, you know, I, I started this year and I was afraid. Not afraid of the past because I'm such hot shit, but afraid of the future. And it's like, yeah, we know that. You've been whining about it for the whole season. Um, yep. But then he's like, I'm not afraid anymore because I'm hotter shit now. And it's like, okay. Yeah. So, well, so uh, we, we, we get it. about his audition. Yes. Oh my god. We get a shot the of actor's it. actor's studio. Yes. Um, which, it has the actual... What's his name? The guy, James Lipton. Yeah. It's with him, and like we see it, and the only bit that we get to see is, <laughs> is James Lipton telling Finn, it'll be a long shot if you get into this school. And then he's like, okay, now show me your dramatic monologue. And then Finn takes in a breath to start, and then it stops. I Which, wish we had gotten to see it. It would have been the most comedically like good moment well, of the whole episode, but they just disregard it. Yeah, I was really hoping that I he was going to prob- yell. Like, yell all of it because Cooper told him to. <laughs> <He would've. laughs> uh, d- did you like Finn's headshot? I didn't I didn't clock it. What, what was that? Because uh, th- there's like a part at the very beginning of the audition, um, yeah. like snippet he slides the headshot or it's, it's like opens on finn's headshot mm-hmm. and his eyes are really wide oh, and he's God. got like a sm- he's smiling but his mouth is open also Ugh. so it's just like <laughs> <laughs> no thank you um yeah yeah i thought i thought the headshot was probably the best landed <laughs> joke in the whole episode wow that's saying a lot because this episode is what like an hour long, for fuck's sake. And this is supposed to be a comedy? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, um, yeah. Um, a dramedy, I, I guess. Yeah. Whatever. We, we cut back uh, to reality. Yeah. And uh, we Do find... Do you think them. Finn's audition was good, though? Do you think it no, was No, it was awful. <laughs> Are you kidding? <laughs> There's no way in hell. There's not a chance. There's no snowball's <laughs> chance in hell that Finn did a good <laughs> acting audition. Uh, anyway, we, we cut back to reality. Okay. Um, he has apparently what is going on is he is going to Shu's office to re- re- recollect his yearbook after Shu has uh, inscribed his love for Finn in it. Um, yeah, uh, but he's done a shitty job. It's just like Hackus or something. I can't remember what it was. It's but... effectively Hackus. Um, which... uh, and Finn's like, what is this? I wanted son I never had. Or little, bro- little brother. It's that kind of garbage. <laughs> yeah, like... And Will's just like, I couldn't bring myself to write it. I just, I, I was going to stain all the pages with my tears. Yeah, which, like, this is a good summation of how fucked up this relationship is. Mostly because mm, yeah. this does lead, this leads Will to finally confess his sins to, to, yes. to Finn. Because you'll remember at the very beginning of the show, the, Pilot. the way that Shu was able to get Finn to join Glee Club was by planting pot in his locker after hearing him sing Ario Speedwagon in the shower. 
which a whole nother bag of worms over there. Um, yeah. But so he fesses up. And as he does it, I do really appreciate this joke. The camera zooms in on a newspaper clipping behind him that has a headline of priority number one, help the kids. Um, oh, shit. <laughs> That's so good, though, actually. Really good. I, but it's not like a satisfying confession. No. Because Finn's just like, wow, you're a lot cooler than I thought you ever were. It's like, Stupid. What? Because not only are we <laughs> heaping praise on Finn as we normally do, we're also heaping praise on Will as we normally do. There's Well, they're analogs for each other anyway. Yeah. It's, they're the same fucking person. This, uh, this is why Will continues his psychopathic behavior. There are no consequences <laughs> in this universe for Will's psychopathic <laughs> behavior. Ugh. It's true. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah, he's still getting everything he wants. Yeah. Emma, a national championship. The son he never had. Well, sorry, little brother he never had. <laughs> his little brother. Yeah. Because uh, th- Finn's like, I'm, I'm the best man at your wedding, and all you can write is, is Hackus in my yearbook. It's stupid. <laughs> yes. Um yeah. The next scene. Yeah, so then- uh, At the Hummel Hudson house. Yep. I guess. Uh, and Finn is sitting in a very fateful chair- Oh my it's god! The chair. I, if you I didn't even clock that. I don't give a shit. Are you kidding? I think. I mean, I think it's that chair. It's like brown and leathery and sad. So. Yeah. Um. It is a little sad. Carol is here though, thankfully, because. Oh, I love her. Yeah, she. So she's. I wrote down. Finn's mom tells Finn to shut his pie hole about her, his dad, and the army's discharge. I wish. Yeah, they they just they have a chat about failing the dead and like. The, like Finn feels really obligated to changing his father's dishonorable discharge. If you remember, he said that one thing in that one share circle. Yes. And we find out in this scene that he wrote like a letter and that he did like research on his dad's service and all this shit. Yep. And it's like, wow, this is news to us. It's so weird that they have spend so much time on Finn. Um, and we don't know this. Right. Like- well, I think the thing is they don't want to, talk about this because this is bonkers the idea that you're like oh my perfect image of my dad in my head isn't reflected in the real world because my dad was actually a piece of shit i'm gonna force the world to try to adapt to the image in my head like listen i think that's actually compelling storytelling that's fair no (laughs) instead of just having like rachel and finn have the same conversation every single episode like maybe they could have some actual storytelling wouldn't that be novel (laughs) maggie you forget that rachel's the real main character of this episode and we had some real ups and downs with her for the past couple episodes because she gave up she gave up on life entirely oh yes of course (laughs) she she surrendered her dream to while wearing barbara streisand cosplay i recall yeah but like i mean you're right i wish we'd gotten more but at the same time i think this is so stupid because Finn is I, just like not I, a good character. I honestly don't agree. Like we've talked, we talked about it a little bit, but I think the motivation behind changing his fault. Fo- Listen, the the fact that I have to say I think the motivation behind change is <laughs> is fact that they, <laughs> that they have not told this well. Yeah, they did not do a good job. The only reason why this scene like kind of works is that Corey Monteith does like a pretty good performance here. Mm-hmm. I, I, to, it leads me to like okay his dad was an addict i think he could make a reasonable argument to change his 
discharge to an honorable one by claiming that his dad was like affected by disease. I mean, honestly, the problem that I have is that I personally don't know enough about what it means to like honorably or dishonorably discharge oh, someone. Bitch, I don't know either. So I don't like, know any of that shit. So like, I don't, I don't feel qualified to be like the you could you should petition the you army think, to do that. You think Brad fucking Falchuk <laughs> is qualified? No. Come on. No, and um, but yeah, Finn ends the scene yeah. by seeming a little upset about the fact that like everything is quote falling into place except for, except for his dad. Like yeah, like he's he's just upset about his dad's legacy and about how stuff isn't really working out the way that he thought it would. Mm-hmm. In regards to that. Yep. Whatever. Yeah. Uh, then he takes his very red robe uh, out with him. Yes. Then we go to the next scene. It's the underclassmen serenading the departing seniors. But it starts well, with a speech where Artie just kind of, um, real like, he, like, spits on his hand. And then he gives Finn a hand job. <laughs> <laughs> and then he just kind of sticks his pinky up there, you know. To just hit yeah. Finn's prostate a little bit, yeah, yep. it's it's so stupid. They yes. they all devote the song to Finn because his life was so hard when he decided to like grace all of them with his presence and friendship. Oh, Finn, you're the reason we won. Oh, we love you, Finn. We love you so much. And Finn's just like, yeah, that's right. Yep, I'm hot shit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah um they Ugh. they then they sing in my life which is a beatles song but it's very boring i'm sorry beatles fans like the the only interesting part of the song is that sh- we hear sugar sing yes. for real and she's not terrible no. anymore yeah she's good now i guess because they've trained her or something um or she was always a good singer <laughs> but They're, they could have had a whole storyline about like <laughs> My fair lady Oh my god. They're you know they should have done that. You're so right. And they could have sang Rain in Spain but not have it be shitty. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Instead of having her like they could have started with I guess it would be sort of like a like a twist on singing in the rain but instead of having somebody sing over sugar she could just get better at it. <laughs> you, mean, you mean like uh, most stories I feel like Yeah, yeah. where there's character growth that's explained. <laughs> yes. Uh, there's some more sad Clane in this in this yep. one, except it's swapped because this time Blaine is singing. Uh, yeah. That, that's okay. There's a lot of sad and like people like looking at each other and like and being sad. And at the end, Tina pretends to cry because that's her meme now. There, and there like... is a tear. There is. I clocked a, a tiny tear. <laughs> yes. Yes, I know. There's one tear, but it's like. <laughs> <laughs> Ugh, whatever um the stoic one tear yes cry that i think i think dean winchester sort of has oh that, sure yeah, that um, market is cornered that, yeah that cry technique on lock i don't know if tina can really take it uh rachel also cries because she's sort of a blubbering mess this episode as well <laughs> well does she cry really, though there's sh- or does she just she does scrunch up her like face a, like a, a, a sad scrunch face <laughs> Really, the meme should be about how Rachel cries all the fucking time because she uh, she does. Well, but she doesn't. Honestly, okay, I clocked it later this episode. She doesn't actually cry. She just scrunches up her it's face just, and like yeah. makes sad there's noises. Sometimes when, there's sometimes when Lee Michelle can like crack out a tear or two, but <laughs> you're right. She does sort of rely on like the ugly cry face yes. to convince people that. 
tears are coming. Yeah. Um, but anyway, yeah, they finish. It's boring. Um, let's move to the other great, gracious, floating white person. The f- the floater, the f- the floater down the hallway, risen above the the riffraff. Yes, because uh, she's emotionally <laughs> stable, unlike everyone else. As she says, Quinn floats down the hallway, and um, she's just like, "Wow, I'm so great now. I'm going to Yale, and I have no problems in my life whatsoever." Yep. So let's make some. Um, no, yeah. <laughs> She's like, everyone is doing really well, even if they are really sad or whatever, except for Puck. He's just really a mess. Um, and uh, no one talks. No one's talking about Brittany and how she's <laughs> we, failing high school. As a note, we do. Whatever. We get a little shot here of uh, uh, Shannon helping Puck study for his mm-hmm. European geography test. Um, but he he's not remembering the countries of Latin America. Like Central Central America, which <laughs> you know, I didn't even notice that. <laughs> which I was like, what? I mean, Glee. It's not even that hard. You literally set up this plotline like five I, episodes ago. Maybe okay. It's European geography, right? Yes. The colonizers are from Europe. Yeah, but then that just makes European geography into all of the world geography, <laughs> like. <laughs> That, then the class just turns into a imperialism. Yes, history. But, but yeah, um, it just becomes world history, yeah. Maggie. Um, yeah, mm. it's just <sighs> stupid modern history. It if is you dumb. Will. Um, it's it's so dumb and like just like lazy. It's, it's so lazy. Yeah, it's lazy. It's so lazy. Like they just don't expect us to notice these little things. But at the same time, they like try to have like through lines with fucking Finn's dead chair the the dead dad chair right like yeah like it's stupid inconsistent laziness <laughs> but yeah so then we cut to quinn and rachel are chatting in the bathroom as Quachel. as they want as they want to do um uh yeah and quinn's just like come visit me sometime here's some tickets wink. from new uh from new york to new haven wink wink visit me. wink 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 let's have sex we're lesbians now um if only, if only. god um and then the scene rachel's like tra- this transition line is the clumsiest of all <laughs> yes. of them because quinn's like you know i'm really happy that you and finn are together even if i don't support teen marriage i just really support your relationship and uh, Rachel's like, oh, I'm so happy for, for you to say that. You know, I always felt that way about you and Puck. Which, oh, okay. <laughs> Which, if if you recall, um, the last time that Puck and Quinn were t- together in any shape or form was at least a year ago. Yes. In fiction. Yeah, it definitely, because I don't remember them really being together so much. Together. In- no, they, like... They fucked a couple times. <laughs> and like like Quinn but, bullied him around for a bit when uh Shelby came around. But they were never like dating. No. Yeah, it's what? <laughs> <laughs> it's mostly to reinforce the heteronormative narrative, Maggie. Um But it's also to transition into the next scene. Yes, because they're studying. <laughs> where, uh, yeah, where Puck and Quinn are in Quinn's bedroom I think uh, I guess I guess it's not Puck's uh, bedroom it's... it's way too nice for that <laughs> you are you saying he doesn't have pink baroque wallpaper what are you talking about 
I'm, Are you saying he doesn't have a bay window? Maggie, I'm saying that Puck definitely has piles of shit all over his floor. Like, Oh, for sure. Well, we have seen Puck's bedroom because we get that, um, like, Rachel. Oh, the, yes. As like, the Jewish angelic. princess. Yeah. <laughs> Man, that's that felt bad to say, didn't it? Oh, anyway. Well, no, that's what it, that's what it was. Um, and uh, Quinn is like, you can do this, Puck. I believe in you. And Puck's just like, no, I'll never understand. I'm stupid. And Quinn's like, oh, well, you just have a problem with confidence. It's not that you don't know the material. It's that you're just not confident in that you can, you can do this. Where is that Puckerman that's... Full of, yeah, full of <laughs> swagger. Yeah, she gives him this bizarre pep talk where she's like, you just need to be more willing to impregnate someone and then you'll yeah. pass the test because that's how that works. And then she's she inspires him with a kiss. Yes, yeah, they kiss. <laughs> they, they kiss. Which then immediately cuts to a puck monologue because we had to have one of those. Um, where he's like, a kiss can change a guy. A kiss can make me back into Puckzilla, the great A badass. Yes. Like, okay. Because right. yeah, because he walks down the hallway into Mrs. Dusenberry's or sorry, Ms. Dusenberry's room um, to take. How the do test. we? How do we feel about these scene transitions overall? As because these are like the two clumsiest it's just, ones. The- <laughs> it's just so stupid. Like it is. It's so. It's such a departure from the storytelling that they normally do. Yeah. It. It's mostly just. It makes it feel like this episode is both insanely long and also really short because nothing happens. And also, like. Yeah. Yeah. Nothing really happens. It's just people like talking about themselves and then talking and then train like essentially Quinn. Quinn kissed puck and it transferred the monologue gene to him so that way he could <laughs> the, take the, a turn the infection yeah it is a little bit more flowing than some other episodes and i do appreciate that like scenes have a little bit of finality yeah not yeah, that's true it's not just like what what is they gonna say what are they gonna do what did, what did this person decide you'll find out in 20 minutes <laughs> like it's not that right um, well, it's a little bit of that, though, because, like, this scene ends is. with Puck being like, I'm going to make this test my bitch. And then it cuts completely yes. because we get to Roz is in Sue's office um, because the Roz you could say, yeah, are chatting. We're expositing that um, the Cheerios <laughs> won nationals. So Sue is going to keep her job as the single leader of the Cheerios because... Yeah. That was the whole plot or whatever. Um, but Roz sets up, fingers crossed, because, man, like, this needs to be a plot, sets up yeah. the potential for a storyline where they will join forces to defeat Figgins because they are tired of having yes. an idiot for a principal. They want to th- stage a coup and usurp Figgins, which, which would be great. Yes, agreed. Um and Sue was a good principal. Remember, yes. she made Dave Karofsky leave the school. That's, I do, I I do remember that. But also, there was the but where it's like she had to let him come back because the school board said so or whatever. And yeah. like to be fair, she did in later episodes. She was like, I wish it wasn't that way. Like I wish I could do more, but I can't. And so, I don't know. And I mean, Figgins is a grade A asshole. <laughs> yes, like he's in every way. He sucks. Yes, he sucks really bad and is very homophobic and called 
Brittany a trollop to her face. Yep. And um, literally, like, yeah. is just some kind of weird caricaturish joke? Like, uh, yeah. Because yeah, and at the same time, sort of a racist joke. Yeah. Like, that they just keep telling. It's not good. No. Um, okay. Uh, then Roz leaves. Yep. And Quinn arrives for a little chat. She's returning her freshly pressed uniform mm-hmm. uh, that is in a like a beautiful red box that has like Quinn for Bray embossed like, on it. In a yeah. label on the side. Yeah. And it's like, damn, this thing is nice, but of course it is. The Cheerios are have a lot outrageously of money. Yeah. wealthy for some reason. And uh she's she's returning it and Sue's like, no, I'm retiring the uniform. You get to keep it. And then tells Quinn that she's like, I used to see myself in you, but now I realize you're better than me. And we've had this conversation before. Yes. <laughs> and Exact conversation. And yes. They both cry and they hug and that's it. Well, yeah, I, I wrote down um, one of the things Sue says is she calls her, quote, slightly less evil. But funnily enough, we do have Quinn's evil piano music as the back as the background <laughs> music for this scene. Um I, I actually, I feel like this was a good teacher-student ending as compared yeah, to so the Finn-Will one we got earlier, which was garbage. Yeah. Uh, like, I well, like this ending. This one, yeah, this one is like a little bit, because I suppose they have an analogous relationship where like they were mentor-mentee, mm-hmm. but Quinn is so much more heavily competent than Finn. Yeah. Like so much more capable of doing spectacular things that like it actually makes sense that I, you should praise sense her yes that, yeah that sue would even choose her to be like her her mentee right whatever yeah uh that's the scene and we're going to the next one we're closing out puck's little section uh it puck's test results he got a c minus which is a puckerman a plus hooray yay all the all the and, like, seniors rejoice a, yeah yeah, like everyone is there to hear Puck's test um, score, mm-hmm. and everyone just cheers and screams, and then we're straight to graduation. <laughs> we cut to the auditorium for the strangest graduation ceremony I've ever seen. It is, because it is weird. Puck and Finn are on stage in their robes singing Glory Days as Puck plays the guitar yes. and Finn plays the drums, as per usual. And there are a bunch of like extras who are on stage, on stage as well yeah. uh, supposedly graduating seniors just sort yeah. of like bopping around to this bruce springsteen number the glee club members the glee seniors get announced and enter from like the back of the audience because glee really wanted to use this meme one more time yeah you know really close out the show with it yeah also it's like <laughs> One, I never thought I'd miss mm-hmm. pomp and circumstance, but like here we are. <laughs> um, okay, L- listen. I think this is. I like Bruce Springsteen for one. Sure. Like I have to be in the right mood, obviously. <laughs> right. But if I'm ready for like a dirt rock jam, not even dirt rock. What am I saying? If I'm ready for like sort of like a Amer- like feeling those like sort of Americana like blue collar yep. you know sort blue of blue jean feels you know, yeah blue yeah. jean rock like like if if i'm wearing my denim jacket and blue jeans at the same time and i just want to <laughs> like you know kind of you know bring bruce out right yeah <laughs> I'll, I'll listen to some bruce springsteen and this is like performed adequately because puck and finn are like 
this at least vocally competent to yeah. enough to sing Bruce Springsteen. Yeah, it's just I don't know. It's it's so weird because all of the students accumulate on the stage. Um, they do. Um, and they're not announced alphabetically. No. Uh, nope. Because <laughs> Rachel is last. Yeah. The. And her last name is Barry. Um, yeah. Um, yeah, it doesn't really make sense. And did this happen? Like, how many songs did they perform? How did they get all these people on stage? Like, why don't they stop performing is, when they get called? Like, there's... Why is Emma giving out the... Yeah, there's not a lot. There's not a lot here to make sense with. I think the best part of it, though, is that Finn... Finn's on the drums for the most part, but when his name gets called, we don't see who takes over the drums, but the drums keep going in the song, whatever. Uh, And Finn is singing still. Like he's doing some of the like, yeah, bits in the song. And he just like screams into Emma's face. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) As he like goes to hug her. It's, um, that's the best part. I I was going to say, I think the best part is Ken or is Kurt's hideous bug brooch. That he's wearing on his like graduation <laughs> gown that no one else, no one else accessorized. Only Kurt did. Did he think that made um, it okay? Course, I don't know. Um, of course he did. You need to chill out. The bug brooch is, it's a beautiful brooch. It's hideous. And, um, it's so no, gross. Like the legs and no. like ugh, ugh. Yeah, it's fashion. No, God, you're you're so uncool. Yes. Fine. Uh, Santana looks really good, though. She does. Maybe it's just because she's in red. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> and she's wearing big gold hoops. She looks really good. Yeah. But everyone's smiling and happy, and they all just sort of dance around and smile and yell, you know. Yeah. Um, and then we move to the reveal, the real plot of the episode. Um, yes. We're in the choir room. All three of our triumvirate are here. Uh, they've all gotten their letters. They all put them on, like, a stool in the middle of the three of them. Yeah. Um, they're sort of, like, in a triangle yeah. around this stool. And the letters are pointed at each one of them, like, stacked on... the Like, one e- end of the letters is stacked together. And then the other bits are pointing towards the person they, they are... That it belongs for. to. It's, um, yeah. It's quite the setup. Yes. Um, which... They, they have a little chat before they open them about how, oh, we don't want anything to change ever because, of course, you're all raised by Will, who is a garbage person who thinks that <laughs> he could only, if only time could stop and he could be 16 forever. Um, well, but, but I understand this feeling. This is like a moment of where they're going to find out, you know, it's, it's, it's big. Yeah. So they start opening the letters. Finn goes first. And? He didn't get in. Sorry, I burped a little surprise. bit. Surprise. Uh, surprise, surprise. Su- surprise, surprise. He probably did scream that dramatic monologue. Yes. Can we... What What monologue do you think he did? Do you think it was Shakespearean? No, I think he did the... Do you think, do you think Finn could do a Shakespearean monologue? I think he did the free credit score report.com commercial. Just The talking. commercial just in its entirety? What about his comedic monologue? Probably also the free credit score for Tycom <laughs> commercial. Uh, yeah. Uh, and then uh, Kurt opens his letter. Yep. And he didn't get in either. Which is actually honestly shocking. Like, this is the yeah, most surprising that thing that's happened. Okay. I didn't remember this happened. Really? I, I did. <laughs> yeah. I, I remembered all I was of like, this, but still. I was like, what? 
uh, <laughs> he didn't get in. Like, what? I know Kirk goes to New York, so what the fuck is going on? Like, uh, yeah. Yeah. Yep. I was surprised. Also, because Carmen Thibodeau is a total tease. Yes, no kidding. Because <laughs> she was like, she had praised him. Yes, gratuitously. Tons of love. Yes. It's. Which I think, uh, and then, I- I'm afraid it was probably yes. his extracurriculars. You know, he didn't really do a lot outside of be really good at singing, which is the only thing that you need to be able to do to be in Niata, but whatever. Uh, what, I mean, what, he, he well, Maggie, he tried to be senior cr- class president, but he didn't. Also, we find out that's really what it was because Rachel opens her letter and of course, Miss President of 16 different clubs. Got in to Niata, even though she blew and her audition. Also, and also, Carmen Thibodeau did see them perform at nationals or whatever. Yeah, well, like four different people uh. all told Carmen Thibodeau that she had to let Rachel in. Um, so that probably uh. also helped, I guess. Um. Uh. <laughs> uh. Yeah, it feels. Listen, I agree weird. that Rachel is great, but like this is so annoying. Yeah. I it's if I were Kurt, I would be so fucking pissed. I would be Yeah, I would be pissed off. Like I'd be like, um, excuse you? Excuse you, letter? Excuse you, Niata? Excuse you, Carmen Thibodeau? Yeah. What the fuck? Yeah. Um but yeah, so we get kind of a weird vibe to end this scene, which makes sense because that's how we feel too, because we're like, what? Um, yeah, this is some bullshit. Yeah, but so then we cut to Rachel. Finally, Rachel gets her moment in the spotlight. Um, she's cleaning her locker out. It's the last day of school, and she is monologuing in her head about how her life is very successful. <laughs> um, but yeah, she she's like, if you asked a uh, like me on my first day of high school here at McKinley, I would have said that this is how I would be graduating prom queen marrying the quarterback and show choir national champion oh my god <laughs> it's like and then she says yeah go for it yeah well i was gonna say it's like she's no, ingested every piece of like ya fiction <laughs> and has like computed it all to be like this is the successful formula for how high school is successful must do this this <laughs> and this like ignore must all have- real feelings like must have quarterback boyfriend. <laughs> must love Finn. <laughs> must love Finn. Mu- must love. Rachel bought love Finn. Uh, yeah, and then she's like, and I got into Niata. All my dreams have come true. But then why am I so sad? That's a direct quote, y'all. <laughs> she's um, like, dreams are more complicated. Um, but it's really... The subtle... The- these monologues are not subtle no. in any way, are they? No. Maggie Clee has never been particularly subtle about anything. <laughs> They're not really um about the kind of uh, artistic writing. There's just sort of like, this is happening. Yes. That this is this is what's going on. Hi, I'm the expository monologue. Hello. <laughs> yes, yeah, so we find out Rachel is has she's decided that she's going to defer her acceptance to Niata for a year. She's gonna stay in Lima with Finn and Kurt because it's too hard for them because they're failures to live in New York. Um, and so she's gonna help them be better so that they can come to New York with her and be successful. Yeah. <laughs> um. Okay. <laughs> uh yeah uh so 
Now we get uh, the conclusion of Santana's little scene because don't forget, <laughs> we have to close that mm-hmm. out. Uh, Gloria Estevan is here to finish her cameo uh, because I bet she was like, listen, I'll do Glee, but I will need to be in more than one scene. Yes. Okay. <laughs> yes. Uh, and uh, she, she, in essence, just gives Santana a big cash money wad. Like, she's like, here you go. <laughs> Throw, throws it at her tr- and is like, how do you like them apples? Now, um, it it's, listen, because of what's said earlier in the episode, I feel like this is like her sort of being like, take this money and get the fuck out of Lima. Yes. Please. <laughs> yeah, she's like, like, no, you can't stay here to support your girlfriend that literally failed high school. You have to go. You have to get out. Yeah. You must leave right now. Here's the big cash money wad. It was supposed to pay for your college, but you need to leave right now. And if you don't want to go to college, that's okay. Just as long as you can go to New York. Yeah. Um, what, yeah. So uh, um, apparently Santana's mom. One one thing to note, um, we did have a theory a while back in season two that Santana's family was actually rich. Um, doesn't seem like that's the case, but Santana's mom has saved up what seems to be an inordinately large amount of money, um, for Santana by, you know, saving bonuses and tips and all that stuff. Um, because Santana looks at the check and is like, whoa, this is a lot of money. Like, (laughs) I mean, there's, but I, I wouldn't say that Santana isn't rich still because her dad's a for real doctor right don't forget yeah which we didn't meet her dad so who knows um but yeah so uh honestly like i know there is that overtone of like get the fuck out of here um but like (laughs) but honestly it does feel really good it we haven't had a lot of setup but i do really like this moment between santana and her mom because it's just nice to see santana's fucking mom you know Supporting her. Yeah, it is sort of frustrating to be reminded that, like, we have gotten so much good Santana stuff, but very little, like, meaningful, like, emotional interaction with, like, Santana and her parents, which is, like, such a big part of, like, a gay teenager's Mm -hmm. life that Glee has just decided to remove because they're like oh we did that with kurt it's fine yeah <laughs> don't don't worry about it you can just watch a burton kurt scene and they'll be fine it's, a, it's fine it's fine yeah um Ugh. but i mean yeah this doesn't make up for all of that but it does at least give us something which is nice it it gives us something good yeah. next we are at rachel barry's house mm-hmm. finn is picking her up uh, to go to their wedding she's like oh you've got my dress my shoes great we're off to our wedding <laughs> Uh, God, how prestigious, you know? (laughs) Don't be rude. (laughs) You have to get to a wedding somehow. What's wrong with carpooling? Uh, Maggie, I expect horses and a carriage and fucking, like, I don't know, angels, cherubim to kiss my feet. Sam, they had to go for the chairs that were $20 less a piece. I mean, but seriously, that's a lot of money for chairs. But I would choose those two. Like, Fuck, stand. <laughs> Sit on the ground. Let's have a hippie wedding. Money for chairs. We'll put a rug on the floor. Everyone can just sit. That sounds nice, though. Doesn't it? Uh, very intimate. Yeah. Finn does not take Rachel to their wedding. No. Instead, he takes her to a train station. He's like, get out of here. Go, <laughs> get go, out boy. Of the car. He, 
he he pushes her out of the moving car. <laughs> well, screaming, "You're going to New York!" And then he just drives away. I mean, this scene would have been very good if that had happened. But this scene is also very good because this is literally Rachel's wet dream. Because here's what happens: they drive up, and Rachel's like, "What are we doing here?" And Finn is like, "You're going to New York." And she's like, what? And he's like, we're not getting married. And she's like, you don't want to marry me? And Finn's like, blah, blah, blah. I do want to marry you, but I... It's, it's What he says is that I want to marry you so bad that I can't let you go through with it. Yeah. That's... <laughs> Which um, is like, oh, all right. In essence, he is setting Rachel free. Yes. Because he has realized that he is truly an anchor of dead weight around her ankles because he did not get into the actor's studio and Rachel needs to go pursue her true dream. She was born under a golden star yes, and needs to gestate this gaseous cloud. Yes. Well, and so what's great about it. So it transitions from you don't want to marry me to are you breaking up with me? And then to just (laughs) cap it all off because Rachel's like, no, I'll just follow you wherever you go. And Finn's like, you can't follow me. I'm going to Georgia. And she's like, wait, you're joining the army? And it's just like Rachel's like wet dream of getting to like be incredibly emotionally like like scrunch face. Uh, Yeah, she gets to do the full scrunch. Uh, Finn is tries to console her by being like sometimes we just need to surrender to the universe. Yes, it's like it's great because like this ends on a note of Finn being like, if it's meant to be we'll find each other again someday. And it's just like, wow, like, where'd you pick that one up? <laughs> yeah, it it's cliche. And at the same time, just like sort of like new agey and weird. Like he's just like, we just need to let go and surrender to the will of the universe, Rachel. This is how it's meant to be. And she's just like, what are you talking about? Yeah. <laughs> um, but then he, he does metaphorically push her out of the car. And yes. They, Rachel starts singing. She sings a, an original song. Is it from, from all of my research? I I cannot find an original artist. This the original artist is the Glee cast. Really? It's not very good. Yeah. Here, let me let me. Um, <laughs> I'm just doing some extra research. The song is called "Roots Before Branches." Roots before branches. Which yes. um. I mean, it, it's all Leah Michelle essentially. The there's a little bit where Finn sings like a backup note or something. Mm-hmm. Um, this says the artist is Room for Two. Room for Two. Okay, so I see that, but like even okay, I googled Room Room before branch roots before branches. Excuse me. Oh, I, I found and- the music video for it. I see the music video, but it says like at the very top, "Song by Glee Cast." So weird. I, I think there is an actual artist, but honestly, part of it is this song you've never heard before. This is literally a song no. that Glee decided some some writer in the Glee room was like, I love Room for Two. And everyone was like, Who the fuck are you talking about? And they're like <laughs> and, and they've been waiting for three years, and this was their moment. For some reason they got to pick the last song of the last episode <laughs> of season three, and they chose this one. Um uh, and it's about, I guess, like, the, it makes sense with the visuals that we see because all of New Directions is at the train station to 
say goodbye to Rachel. Yep. I don't know if this is maybe they're not actually there. Maybe this is like dream sequence hallucination stuff because uh, Kurt is seems fine. Like he's not upset yeah. at all. Maybe he's just in shock, like how Rachel was when she choked. Yeah, sure. Um, I I don't know. I don't know. Like everyone's just yeah. Because like, they don't say anything. Because Rachel is singing, right? Uh, and they all hug, and she hugs Will. Will and touches the back of her head the- because he's gross. <laughs> and then she gets on the train and she's singing as she walks down the train hall, and then she really starts belting it out when she sits down. Uh, she's crying the whole time on the train. Then the train arrives in New York and we get some big sweeping shots of New York. And as Rachel walks through the streets, she, she starts lighting up and she gets a smile on her face and she's like, yeah, this, I am branches. Yeah. She also, (laughs) she also put on a hat, which is nice. Oh yeah. The like very barb hat. Well, it it matches her outfit. Um, it's sort of, I, I feel like it's kind of a Mary Tyler Moore thing. I expected her to throw it. <laughs> sure. Actually, no, you're absolutely right. I, it's yeah. stupid. Um, the, the Glee Club yeah. looks good. Like, Quinn looks straight out mm-hmm. of, like, a 1950s, like, being a housewife, by the way that she's dressed. That is kind of her aesthetic these days. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, Brittany has a really interesting get-up, too. Um. She has kind of Britney's a fashion icon. She has kind of like a hip hop aesthetic, which is interesting. Um, oh, or what, how did the show phrase it? Britney is a fashion institution. Oh, right. Yes. So yeah, it ends. It's very like it, it feels very, I don't know, movie musical. Like yeah, very very mu- movie musical ending for sure. Mm-hmm. Or like the end of Act One. Yeah. You know, like this is the f- the first half of. Glee, the show, was all leading up to this. Like, this is Rachel finally making it to New York. She's here. Her dream is happening. Like, like Or, I, I mean, I, 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 yeah. I would say maybe it's the conclusion. This is the end of the <laughs> show because Rachel is our main character and we were following her through her high school journey with her terrible Glee club. Um, and then everything <laughs> went in the right way and like yeah there were a couple little bumps wrong along the road named finn but then she got to new york um yeah yeah i don't know it's um, so yeah the her- hero's journey she's arrived we're here and that's the end of the episode so now we need to do the, the podcast pod- Business. business but it's a metaphor and metaphors are important gold stars are important because gold, gold stars, stars are, are a metaphor for, for me being, being a star. star okay yeah so as we do every week we're gonna give a gold star yes. we're gonna give a best number and we're gonna give a rating um because the only way that we can quantify how much we hate glee is by quantifying these things data data points <laughs> for, for, we are scientists let's start with our gold stars um do you want to start this week god that's just not good choices no. you know yes, i do know <laughs> um i think i'm gonna choose um uh, well <laughs> maybe you should start. okay um i chose and this is i wrote this before we clarified but i put santana's mom so in parentheses afterwards i've written maribel um because oh. you know i just i love that she is so awesome just super yeah. super chill so 
this might seem this might seem strange, but I am going to split my gold star between Mercedes and Mike. That is strange, but <laughs> I think I know where you're coming from. So, because I'm just filtered the characters that I I liked in this episode. Yeah, and like they're both doing it, you know. They're they're succeeding, they are doing and it. they didn't give us a fucking long winded monologue about how great of people they are. So, if I wish Mike had yeah. that, he would talk. Yeah, for once. No, you know, Mike just being like, you know what, I am really succeeding in all of my dreams. My girlfriend loves me so much that she got me into the college of my dreams on full scholarship. Like, I, I love my life. I'm a glee, I'm a glee champion, and I love to dance. Yeah, I mean, I'm glad we didn't get that because I like him more as he is. Wordless and just successful. <laughs> you just want to you just want to see his abs. Maybe. Wanna... Yeah, that's probably it. Um no, yeah, that makes sense and to me. Watch him dance. That makes sense to me. But uh yeah, now we're going to do best number. Best number. <laughs> Let me run through them for you. Shall Thank I? you. Yes, please. Sit down, you're rocking the mm-hmm. boat. The reprise is the first one. Forever young. Mhm. By Will on the guitar. Uh, should we count single ladies? I mean, I have some words about that. Let's count. Let, let's just throw. Let's say there was single ladies. Let's move on to the next one. <laughs> I'll remember mm-hmm. by Kurt. You get what you give by the seniors with Finn on mm-hmm. lead. And in my life by the underclassmen. Mm-hmm. Glory days is next by Puck and Finn. And finally, Roots Before Branches. Mm, okay. By Ms. Rach. Yeah. So here's the thing. I'm picking mm-hmm. single ladies. And <laughs> it's because, one, Michael Mallow is very cute when he tries to do the dance. And he two, is. when we watched season one, episode three, if you remember, there were no musical numbers in that episode besides the football team dancing to single ladies. So this is an homage to that (laughs) and that this was the best number, even though nobody sang and it was like maybe 30 seconds long. (laughs) Uh, In a similar vein, I'm going to be choosing sit down, you're rocking the boat. (laughs) I like how we shat on the beginning of it being like, this isn't some (laughs) clip show glee, but then we both picked the like clip show numbers. I st- I still want to like say that those points stand. They the clip do. show shit is stupid. They if they were gonna do clip sh- a clip show, they should have done a clip yeah. show. Like, don't be timid about no. it. Just show us clips. Yeah. Um. But yeah, yeah. it's just uh, sit down. You're rocking the bro. It's just so cute with yeah. the the little dance and like everyone is laughing and new directions is like, ha you guys were so young and stupid. And they're like, yeah, we were. Ha-ha. Yeah. It's I, mostly I it the cute. real reason is because we're intentionally snubbing every other number because they're yes. all so boring. Like, I think the only one, the only other one in contention for me is glory days. Mm. Um, because it does have sort of a gratifying, like, you know, we did it kind of graduation feeling for yeah. me. Also, um, like Puck and Finn singing that specifically, like with with those lyrics is like too real, right? Yeah. Like, I mean, I guess the thing for me is I just really hate Finn and I'm not a big fan of Puck either. And you. like that song yeah. is honestly just like, like you're saying, 
maybe a little too much of a like a like an actual tribute to the two of them because this is the best they're ever gonna do. So like, I mean, ugh, I just I hate it. I hate them. I hate that. Like I hate. I don't hate the song. It's just not my mm-hmm. favorite. Like it just doesn't work for me. So. Well, none of these <laughs> exactly <laughs> really really deserve to be a favorite. No, I, I was gonna say I feel like the only other one in contention for me was Roots Before Branches, but that's only because it has that like kind of grandiose end feeling to it, which yeah. like I and also because it was at the end of the episode, it was definitely a recency bias where I was like, if I have to pick a real number, <laughs> I guess that one. Like, yeah, I mean, like the Roots for Before Branches number, it's. I mean, it's just so bland, yeah. honestly. Yep. Like, the lyrics don't really, aren't really all that, like, interesting to me. Like, I, like, we were like, who, who is this song even by? Yes. Like, the point of a jukebox musical is, like, you need the context of the song right. in its original form, too. Yeah. Right? Well, maybe not necessarily, but, like, it helps. I don't know. I feel like. There's something to be said for the problem is that Glee has already done like original songs in the past and also like Matthew Morrison like plugged his own musical numbers using Glee. (laughs) So like I can't trust them anymore. Like I can't trust them to just do like like even like they can dredge up like weird old songs that I would never have heard of otherwise. But they gave up that right when they decided, oh, we're going to just write our own shitty songs and, like, <laughs> plug our own music. I, okay. Part of the thing about, like, Glee's original songs is that they were never very good. Right. Um, yes. They were very <laughs> cliche and tropey. Yeah. I guess that is Glee, though. Yeah. Like, are they just leaning into the meme by writing songs like that? Or are they just incapable of writing a song that's better? I mean, maybe both. God, that is, like, that is like such a Ryan Murphy kind of question, <laughs> right? Like though? A, 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 a question about like a Ryan Murphy thing. Like it's like, is he intentionally doing this or is he just <laughs> Or is he just lazy? Um Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Ah Ah Why are we watching this show? We have three seasons left. So yeah, so to finish to finish off this specific episode, we have one more piece. It's the slushy rating. Um we do it out of five and we give Glee as many facefuls of slushies as we can. In most cases. This week I'm gonna give it three out of five slushies. Um, yeah, I'm doing the same. It's not bad. It's just not good either. Like, it's just boring. Yeah. It's a bland episode, which is not how you want to end season three. Like, no, it's just bizarre. No. The song choices are bizarre. It's, the plot is. It's such a victory. Lap, yeah. You yeah. know, and like, it just feels that way. Like, it, it never really feels gratifying in it or like satisfying in this ending. It's just sort of like. Yeah, we get it. You're all so great. (laughs) You're all so successful. Good for you. (laughs) Even though, like, they're reminiscing on how they've grown and changed as people, but it doesn't really feel that way either. Like, even when Quinn is, like, having her scene with Rachel in the bathroom, she's like, you know, somebody told me to never change, and they just didn't realize that changing is the best thing we can do. If we didn't change, we would never have been friends. And it's like, Quinn, you are the same person you've always been. You're just, like, slightly nicer to Rachel now. You're like, just less you're pregnant. Friends, but that yeah. does, you're friends, but that doesn't mean you've changed fundament- fundamentally as, like, a human or a character or an archetype. You're still, like, this, like, 
posable archetype doing the same expected thing over and over again. Yeah. And that's that goes for everyone, not just yeah. Quinn. No, obviously. Yeah. It's yeah, it's just it, it's so self-congratulatory, which Glee it hasn't is. earned Ugh. in any way, shape, or form. I just feel gross. I guess, like, I guess to be <laughs> after fair. After watching, I feel used. I guess to be fair, they did make it to the end of season three. And like, <laughs> I'm sure no one ever thought that was possible. But like, man, like, it's not that big of a celebration, Glee. And also like winning, giving yourself nationals <laughs> in your own show is not a an achievement you you wrote that in we (laughs) knew that that was gonna happen it wasn't a surprise so i've been you know after we watched nationals and over the past week i've just been thinking about what bullshit that episode was too like only three choirs at nationals only three choirs at nationals what what happened to the 50 from last year anyway this episode is just not good it's not a good way to end like i was saying at the beginning i feel like in some ways, I think this is supposed to be like an ending where they're like, mm-hmm. we've wrapped everything up. Look at us. Look at how good we are. We've wrapped everything up. We've tied it back to season one. This is the whole journey. We've made it, everyone. And it's like, I guess, <laughs> but it doesn't feel great. Like, <laughs> Yeah, totally. You know. And I think one of the main problems with the episode overall uh, is that Glee works best with like momentum and trying to keep the energy up, yeah. which is not what it does with all these like sad, Slow, sort of boring s- numbers. Yeah, like somber, so- simpering looks yes. and like, oh, oh, we're so sad. Let's gaze at each other and be sad. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> let's not do that. Okay. Yeah. Let's have. Instead, let's have like emotional conversations about how being apart or like losing touch could be hard. Yeah. Instead. Well, yeah. You know, here I am to punch up the episode. Call me, Brad. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, Give, yeah. Hit me. Hit me up on LinkedIn, and I'll rewrite this episode for you. We can get everyone together. Um, wait, that won't work. Yeah. Uh, uh, anyway. Never. Mm, Let's let's Yeah, so next week we're going to be back, but we're not going to be talking about season four yet. We're not ready for that. We're not emotionally prepared for season four. Um, We're going to (laughs) recap. Oh, did you you see what the first episode of season four is called? The new Rachel. It's the new Rachel. Yeah. Um, Yeah, I don't know what's going to happen. We'll get there eventually. Instead, next week, though, we're going to talk about season three, which honestly has probably been the best season of Glee that we've watched. So I I think yeah. so. It has. Like we're we're kind of coming down on a low note here, but I think next week is going to be for the most part good. Like we're going to get to talk about how it was a good season. Yeah. So we'll be back with that. We're going to talk about who were the best characters, what the best numbers were. Yes. And yes, best numbers. Oh man, I have I've got some real ones in contention here this this year, uh, this year, this season. <laughs> I don't know. It feels like we've been doing this for decades. Yes. Um, uh, but yeah, and yeah. Uh, if you are listening to this now, it's unfortunately a little too late, but um, we will have that next week, and 
we still want to hear your thoughts, um, especially uh, what you think about the season, what you think about this episode, this ending. Um, and you can tell us all about that on Twitter at SNM Hate Glee or uh, by email SNM Hate Glee at gmail.com. Follow us on Instagram at SNM Hate Glee and check out our Patreon for extra content. Patreon slash SNM Hate Glee. We uh, donate most of our uh, proceeds from that uh, to different queer organizations right now it's the trevor project and we're looking into um uh pushing money specifically to like trans organizations yeah. uh so that's what's happening there and uh we do appreciate your support and your listening to this episode um i'm gonna go watch scream queens which is another terrible ryan murphy show and you can go watch Listen, I- american horror story <laughs> Listen, I really wanted to talk about American Horror Story Coven during this episode of Sam and Maggie Hakley because Alfonso Gomez Rayhan is like, it directs most of the episodes oh, of Coven. Oh, I see now. I, I really want to talk about it because it's like about teenage witches, yes. right? Yes. So it has like some glee echoes in it. You know, Todd Vanderwolf, he ranked the seasons of American Horror Story and he put Coven at like number five. Out what? Of seven. And I was like, "Bitch, what?" <laughs> no, no, no. I Okay, I anyway, know. we we should actually we I should know. probably save some of this for uh either a like stuff or just an extra episode. Let's So. Maybe we should just do a like stuff about American Horror But Story. I don't really like American Horror Story. <laughs> I don't really like it either. <laughs> we'll just do a bonus episode. Until next time, I've been Sam. And I've been Maggie. And we hate Lee. From the top. Ha <laughs> <laughs>